Hello guys, uh, I welcome all of you to today's Farmcast. I'm Dr. Ranjan, your Pharmacology faculty at Marrow. And uh, we are towards the last uh, end of uh, Farmcast, One Touch Farmcast, which is based upon the One Touch Pharmacology book. Today guys, I'll be covering uh, two topics, blood and GIT, both are small topics. And today I have already posted the schedule for this week, how you're going to revise it. After this, uh, we are left with only one farmcast that is covering topics like uh, respiratory system, autocoise, etc. Which uh, I'll try to post today or tomorrow. So I have speed up uh, with this farmcast and I'm trying to post them as soon as possible because the exams are nearing, right? So let's begin with blood guys, uh, page number 71. Anticoagulants uh, we can broadly subclassify into oral and parenteral and uh, today we have two classes of oral anticoagulants as you can see on the left hand side. These are the DOAC or NOAC and warfarin right. Now DOAC or NOAC uh, the first MCQ points here which have been asked is based upon the name of the drugs like which is uh, an oral direct thrombin inhibitor that is dabigatran or which is an oral 10A inhibitor, apixaban, rivaroxaban, edoxaban, right? These are oral 10 inhibitors. So the first MCQs here which have been asked in the last 5 to 10 years, these are pretty basic ones, right? Now upon the uses of these drugs, remember they do ask you um, what is the drug of choice for prophylaxis or treatment of DVT, deep vein thrombosis. In that case, now your answer would be, would be a DOAC. DOAC is a preferred drug. And, but it is not commonly asked. DVT is not commonly asked. In the last five years, if you see, there's the second point. What is the drug of choice for prophylaxis of thrombosis in non-valvular atrial fibrillation? If this is asked, non-valvular means when you have your own valve, native valve. And there is another case where we have the mechanical valve. So when I'm not having mechanical valve, I'm having my own valve and I'm having atrial fibrillation, then to prevent thrombosis, my preferred drugs, my go-to drugs are DOAC or NOAC, the exceptions are if there is severe mitral stenosis. In that case, I go for warfarin. If there is, a, a, you know, a renal failure, then I go for warfarin. And these are the cases where I prefer warfarin. And the third one is obvious that whenever I have a mechanical valve, I go for warfarin. So this is easier to remember. So for example, like see, where would I prefer warfarin uh, to prevent thrombosis, right? In atrial fibrillation so just reverse m just uh, just reverse w warfarin starts with w isn't it so just reverse w and what you get is m so m means mechanical valve m means mitral stenosis severe mitral stenosis severe is one word we need to add and third one is renal failure in that case i go for warfarin otherwise i'll go for doac now in case of uh, these you know antidotes are commonly asked so what is the antidote of dabigatran, idarucizumab? What is the antidote of oral 10A inhibitors, andaxanet alpha? These are guys highly, highly, you know, uh, important drugs which will be asked in your exams. Now coming to warfarin, warfarin has a lot of MCQs over the years, you can see, right? Number one is a simple one. They had asked you dicomaral. So warfarin or dicomaral, it acts by, uh, you know, antagonizing vitamin K. And another MCQ they had asked you, uh, warfarin, what is the type of block cost to vitamin K? Is it competitive or non-competitive? Remember, vitamin K inhibition by warfarin is competitive inhibition. Second MCQ, which has been asked always, guys, in the you know, not only in five to ten years, even uh, in the last twenty years, this MCQ has been asked. 
which are the coagulation factors affected by you know warfarin and these are vitamin k dependent factors that is 27910 and uh, they do ask which is the first factor to decline so remember the first factor to decline is factor 7 followed by protein c and s the last factor to decline is factor 2 so these are the mcqs they ask uses uh, it is a drug of choice for prophylaxis in thrombosis, warfarin, I've told you, in case of mechanical valve. So I'll reverse W into M, mechanical valve, plus M for mitral stenosis, which is severe, plus third one, whenever there is renal failure. My go-to drug has to be warfarin. Now, side effect of uh, warfarin, guys, it can cause skin necrosis. That is one MCQ. Second, they ask you, which is the most common side? It is limbs. Third, what is the cause of skin necrosis? It is due to decrease in protein C, a rapid decline in protein C, because... Protein C is an anticoagulant protein, so a rapid decline can cause, it, it is teratogenic, that's an MCQ, plus it can cause purple toe, this is the most recent MCQ that was asked last year. Now what is purple toe, it's bilateral painful purple discoloration of toes and that is due to cholesterol embolization, so image was given and uh, in case here, see, if there is a toxicity to warfarin and there is bleeding, what would I be using for treatment, the antidote? is prothrombin complex now coming to the second half in page number 71 in one touch pharmacology book parenteral anticoagulants see parenteral dti or direct thrombin inhibitors there is only one mcq point what is the drug of choice for hit or heparin induced thrombocytopenia it is ergotroban indirect thrombin inhibitors uh lmwh fondaparinux your first mcqs are which factors they act upon uh factor 10 and factor 2 LMWH factor 10 more than factor 2, Fonda Paradox only factor 10, your first MCQ point, right? UFH uses are not that asked, uh, your second MCQ where they ask uh, MCQ is uh, UFH antidote that is protamine sulfate. So I've covered that in red. And side effects and contraindication, though they are not that commonly asked, but these are MCQ points and you can see the mnemonic that I've given a hot teacher. So you can remember at least few side effects and contraindication from this. Whereas uh, LMWH and Fontaparinux, these are preferred for treatment of DVT treatment, they are preferred. And, uh, you know, the most recent MCQ was what is the root of administration of LMWH and DVT? And the answer was subcutaneous. So the root is us, subcutaneous. The last thing here in coagulation, see, they ask you for which drugs coagulation monitoring is not required. There are three classes, DOAC, LMWH, Fontaparinux. Wherever coagulation monitoring is required, they ask, what do I monitor? So, in case of parenteral, you know, all the parenteral DTI and ITI, I monitor APTT. Warfarin, I monitor PTINR. Now, moving on to page number 72 in One Touch Pharmacology book, anti-aggregants. Let me simplify this. Anti-aggregants, most of the MCQs in these years have been on the mechanism of action. So, they ask you aspirin blocks what? Cyclooxygen is 1. Right, clopidogrel blocks what? P2Y12 receptor, right? Uh, Abscessive apterofib and aptifib are tied to the block what? GP2B3A in a, uh, you know, proteins. So, this is basically the most commonly asked MCQ. Then I'll tell you a couple of MCQs which have been asked. With respect to clopidogrel, they ask you which gene polymorphism can decrease its effect. Your answer was CYP2C19. Third MCQ they had asked you with respect to clopidogrel is, along with which drug, it should not be given because that drug can decrease the effect of clopidogrel and for that your answer is omeprazole, right? Prasugrel, there is one MCQ that asked you which is not, not supposed to give in cerebrovascular disorder. 
like stroke and TIA, transient ischemic attack, your answer is prasugrel because it increases the risk of intracranial bleed. So these are all the MCQs that have been asked throughout the years. Now moving on to fibrinolytics. Streptokinase is not asked nowadays. You know the reason is not that used commonly nowadays. Most MCQs are concentrated in fibrinolytics or thrombolytics. It is in the section of TPA. TPA analogs. Your first MCQ is on the name. Which of the following is a tissue plasminogen activator analog or which of the following is a fibrinolytic is a very basic MCQ which all of us should be able to answer. Alteplase, reteplase, tenecteplase. Second MCQ they ask you where I don't use it. Now remember if you look at the users I have written in the book it is used in STEMI but I have not mentioned NSTEMI. So when they ask you which of the following is false regarding alteplase or reteplase your answer is it is used in NSTEMI is the answer. Third MCQ which has been recently asked two years back what is the antidote of choice for fibrinolytics? Your answer is tranexamic acid. It is more preferred as compared to EACA or epsilon aminocaproic acid. Contraindications, uh, they are not that commonly asked, but remember the mnemonic I have given you brain and those contraindications. The last topic in blood, it is hematopoietic agents. Right? These are not that commonly asked, but I will tell you three to four points which they ask as MCQs. Number one, they ask you what is the drug of choice for anemia in a patient of chronic renal failure and your answer is darbopoietin or epoietin. Darbopoietin is more preferred because it is longer acting, right? Then they ask you which of the following is a GCSF analog. Your answer is either filgrastim, lipeg filgrastim. Then they ask which is GMCSF analog, then your answer is sargamostim. If they ask which is interleukin 11 analog, it is oprilefkin used in chemo-induced thrombocytopenia. And if they ask you which is thrombopoietin agonist, your answer is romiplostim or L-thrombopag used in ITP or immune thrombocytopenic purpura. So mostly here your MCQs are based upon the name of the drugs or users if they ask, it is mostly about CRF causing anemia and there I prefer erythropoietin analogs. Right guys, so we are done with your uh, first topic that is blood which is a very important topic. Now I will come down to the second half for today's farmcast. Another topic which is not as important as blood and that is your topic of GIT, gastrointestinal tract, right? So gastrointestinal tract, uh, we'll have a look at the first topic that is peptic ulcer disease. And there are three classes of drugs, anti-acid secretory agents, number one. So see these drugs, they will decrease secretion of acids and here, you know, proton pump inhibitors. Overall, if I say PPI, I, I mean proton pump inhibitors in peptic ulcer disease, the reason being they have taken over the business of all other drugs. So most commonly asked drug in case of peptic ulcer disease, these are the anti-acid secretory agents, right? And PPIs. So PPIs, your first MCQ is on drug of choice, uh, where their drug of choice, see anything related to stomach, anything related to stomach, PPIs are the drug of choice. So it can be any kind of ulcer, GERD, Zollinger-Ellison syndrome, Barrett's esophagus, H. pylori, one point you need to remember, there is only one disease where lifelong PPA is required and that is Barrett's esophagus. Uh, the reason being, it's a pre-neoplastic condition, right? So uses are important. Second, they ask you, when should I take PPIs? At least 30 minutes before food, that is the right answer. Side effects of PPIs. Guys, remember, PPIs are important. So PPI side effect, pneumonia, pseudomembranous enterocolitis. They can decrease absorption of calcium, iron, vitamin B12. And because of decreased calcium, they can cause osteoporosis and a specific fracture that is hip fracture. So these have been asked. They can also cause hypergastrinemia. H2 blocker, 
remember the only mcq that is asked nowadays is about the side effect of cimetidine it can cause impotence and gynecomasia that is because it can block androgen receptors uh, it can increase prolactin and that is the reason why it can cause galactorrhea now moving on to the second class of drugs in peptic ulcer disease these are gastroprotective agents and guys remember gastroprotective agents mesoprostol is a prostaglandin e1 analog so only mcq they ask you here what is pg prostaglandin e1 analog mesoprostol now remember use of this drug is used in ansid induced gastric ulcer and it is a most specific drug but if they ask you what is the drug of choice for ansid induced gastric ulcer your answer will not be mesoprostol what would be the answer in that case the answer in that case would be ppi or proton pump inhibitors now sucralfate sucralfate say remember is a drug which is a gastroprotective agent and it is polymerized by gastric hydrochloric acid right and that is the reason why since i need acid it is contraindicated with antacids that's a commonly asked mcq and it is contraindicated with any other drug so any other drug should be taken 2 hours before food this is the recent mcq that asked you phenytoin has to be taken how many hours before your answer was 120 minutes before or 2 hours food is to be taken 1 hour before sucralfate antacids are to be taken 30 minutes after sucralfate after so remember the before and after right bismuth is not commonly used nowadays so the mcq point you got to remember here is the black color stool and tongue and antacids see antacids the last class of drug here in peptic ulcer disease the only mcq they ask you here is antacids why do i combine both aluminum and magnesium the reason is aluminum causes constipation and magnesium causes diarrhea so if you combine each other they will cancel each other's effect other than that they don't ask much anything there is nothing much to ask on antacids now coming to other classes of drugs like anti diarrheal drugs say anti diarrheal drugs like uh, loperamide they have asked you uh, what is the drug of choice for ibs associated diarrhea it is loperamide non secretory diarrhea or irinotecan associated diarrhea if they ask irinotecan then your answer would be loperamide octreotide is a drug of choice for secretory diarrhea allocetron is a 5st3 blocker that can be used in diarrhea in females in ibs and the only mcq that has ever been asked on allocetron is uh, which is a 5st3 blocker blocker used for treatment of diarrhea your answer was allocetron it's not ondansetron palonosetron those are antiemetics right so these are anti diarrheal drugs now prokinetics now see prokinetics are nothing but these are d2 blockers and the only pro prokinetic that is asked as an mcq is uh, you know metoclopramide because it is also used as an antiemetic so whenever i use metoclopramide it crosses blood brain barrier and it can cause extra pyramidal side effect like acute dystonia and parkinsonism so what are the mcqs they have asked you acute dystonia causes abnormal posturing that is something we have discussed in cns so if there is they are asked you a patient was given antiemetic he developed abnormal posturing which drug was given answer is metoclopramide right second mcq which has been asked a patient was given metoclopramide for nausea vomiting and he developed abnormal posturing then in that case they had asked you what should i use for treatment so for treatment i'm going to use drug like benzhexol which is also known as trihexyphenidyl or i can use promethazine so all these three drugs are important which have been asked 5st4 agonist the only names are important the only mcq you can find in the last 5 years is this one which of the following is a 5st4 agonist your answer was procalopride antiemetics 5st3 uh, blockers these are most important ondansetron it is drug of choice for chemo induced nausea vomiting is a commonly asked mcq other drugs names are important neurokinin one antagonist aprepitant cannabinoid receptor agonist dronabinol nebilon 
here the side effects are hypotension and that is the mcu once they had asked you for which antiemetic i need to monitor blood pressure right your answer was dronabinol and all these can be used in chemotherapy induced nausea vomiting the last topic uh, in git and the last topic for today this is laxatives now see the number one chloride secretors these are the most important drugs lubiprostone and linaclotide they ask about mechanism lubiprostone stimulates type 2 chloride channels linaclotide stimulates guanylate cyclase and thus activates cftr or cystic cystic fibrosis transmembrane regulator this is the most important one which both have been asked tenapenor it blocks sodium proton exchanger stimulants like bisacordyl senna senna one mcq they ask you is uh, which uh, which uh, laxative causes melanosis coli or black pigmentation of the colon your answer is senna right and see the maximum use is 10 days because of risk of atonic colon osmotic laxative one they ask upon the name which is osmotic laxative manitol second they ask you which laxative is used in hepatic encephalopathy again your answer is manitol stool softener again they ask on name which is a stool softening agent your answer is docusid there are two salts docusid sodium and calcium so guys if we do this much in blood and git this is our bare minimum to clear the exam and 90% of your mcqs in blood and git would be asked from this section whatever i have discussed right guys so as you know uh, every day whenever i conclude the farmcast i try to pick up one of your doubts and try to give you a solution to that uh, something some practical solution to that particular doubt right so one student had asked me sir how many grant tests do i need to give do i need to give before before the 5th march exam right now if i would have been in your place so whenever you ask a doubt i keep myself in your position and then i take a decision right what would what i would have done in your place so see there is month of fab a fair amount of time left in fab so what i i would have done is i would have given at least two grand test in the month of fab and i would have given one grand test on you know the fast first or the second of march not very close to the exam but at least two to three days before the exam so why would i give three grand tests before this exam the reason being see you know that solving 200 mcqs in a given period of time that's also an art you should be able to cruise through 200 questions without even a drop of sweat and that needs a lot of practice so keeping a good practice before the exam is handy right and second i don't have time i don't have time now so what would i do regarding revising the gt right now if i look at revising the gt i have two options either i could revise a grand test you know using too much of time or i could just give the gt just look which one i have done wrong briefly very fast within 1 to 2 hours and be done with it and then get back to my notes and keep revising and solving a question bank so i'll be doing the second one i'll be doing the second one i would not spend too much time in revising gt in these last one month because that can be counterproductive right so i would revise it obviously but i would just look which one which one i have done wrong and i would move on i would just move on and get back to my notes and keep revising because remember at the end of the day the exams the mcqs will be new ones and you need to have a good grasp over your notes so in this last one month you need to solve questions every day solving question has to be an everyday affair 
I have to revise my notes. I have to do that. That's also important. Plus, I need to give two to three grand tests in this last one month. And the last GT, two to three days before the exam, just, and I would give that GT, the last GT I would give uh, at the same time when the exam is gonna happen. So if the exam is from nine to 12, I'll give the GT from nine to 12 without any interruption. So the last GT I would give it as if I'm giving the exam. Are you getting my point? So that if I do something wrong in that last GT before the exam, I would not repeat that in the exam. So guys, GT by GT, day by day, our aim is to achieve perfection. We, we, we are trying to be as perfect as possible. Right, guys? So that's all, guys, for today's Farmcast. This was Dr. Ranjan, your pharmacology faculty with Marrow, and this was your one-touch Farmcast. And uh, as days will pass by, things will get difficult and difficult, as if you are moving deep into the ocean and you know, the pressure will keep on rising. So just you are in the same situation. And in this case, the only thing that can be done is you need to make yourself hard. The moment whenever you are down and you think of giving up, you just remind yourself, why did you start this for so many months? You remind yourself, for whom are you doing this? Not only for yourself, because most of us, we belong to middle class, lower middle class families, and our parents, they have a lot of hope. So whatever I've done in my life, my inspiration, they always have been my parents. So I wanted to do something for them. So obviously we do things for ourselves, but you have to go beyond yourselves, right? You have to find uh, that motivation for whom are you doing, on whose face you want to bring that smile, whose life are you going to change anyhow by giving some happiness in the form of serotonin or by giving some materialistic, uh, you know, achievements to your parents in the form of dopamine. So whatever be it, find your inspiration. Keep moving forward. All the best guys. Take care. Lots of love and blessings. Bye-bye.